So for all you Android users out there listening to old Jack Burton on the CB, you just remember when that mean old bastard's looking you right in the eye, got your shirt gripped up in his fist, and he looks like he's gonna knock you clear into next week, and he says, Do you have the Podcast Republic on your Android device? You simply say, Sir, the app is on my phone. Because you know, just like I know, that the best way to listen to your podcast is on the Podcast Republic app found on the Google Play Store. And that's a Jack Burton guarantee is what it is. You sound insane. <laughs> like I just watched this movie today and even I'm like, oh, oh, this is the one. This is the one that they're going to play in court to say that uh, Trip is not fit. That's the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Exciting news here in Podcast Town, folks. That's right. If you're listening to this in the month of March 2021, the listener request month lines are open. We have a lovely group of ladies plugging things into a board. It's just a big old switchboard. Hi, what movie are you requesting? Hold, please. One click, of them click, is Janine. Click, 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 click. We did get Janine. <laughs> we did. We signed a big Janine contract. Uh, that's what the Patreon money goes to. That's patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. What movie are you calling to request? <laughs> so here's what you do. You pick up your phone. You dial 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T. That's... Three four seven seven three two eight. If you want to hear it again, just hit the reverse button on your phone. That's what they're there for. Or you can check social media if you forget. Or use you know the touch tone on your phone because it's yeah eight five six. You just go slow. Yes, eight five six dissect. You call in. You leave a message, not like a very long message. Like please stay under a minute, ideally less than that. But you know, keep yourself. You can listen to last combined. year's listener request if you want a little idea that, of the blurb. Yeah, yeah. We, tell us what movie you want to hear. Well, tell us your name, where you're calling from. You don't have to give us like your whole name and your social security number, but you know, you know, D- Daryl from Georgia would be fine or whatever it is. So you call in. You tell us your name, where you're calling from, and the movie you'd like to hear us do. If you want to do a sentence or two telling us why you like the movie or you think it'd be a good episode, that's wonderful. Your game show lower third is basically all we need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your name, where you're calling from, the movie you'd like to hear us do, and then we will do a live drawing that we will hopefully figure out the details and be less complicated than it was last year. We'll get it. (laughs) <laughs> we hopefully we get this ship uh, uh, righted, but we will do a live drawing on the air. Uh, we will have a movie selected by you on the air on this show. We also have a bonus. I mentioned the Patreon. Some people don't like hearing about the Patreon, but it helps keeps the lights on around here. If you're a Patreon member at any tier, you can select the movie. However, you... I. You, you don't get to hear it if you're not in the $5 tier. So if your movie gets picked at the $2 level, perhaps <laughs> you would feel a little disappointed uh, if that happens. But what we do is we make a post on Patreon and let everybody comment. You can comment one time there. The Patreon pool is way smaller. You have like a 10 or so percent chance. It's a little less than 10%, uh, you know, of getting your movie picked. There are so many listeners out there that call in their requests. So it's a bigger pool on the main pool. So if you want a better chance, you check out that Patreon and you get two cracks at it there. But 856-DISSECT, your name, where you're calling from, the movie you'd like to see us do. 
You have the entire month of March. The phone lines officially close on uh, 11.59 p.m. and 59 seconds on March the 31st. That is a Wednesday. You have until that time at midnight, stroke of midnight, it becomes April. That's By it. Last no more. Of the last toll of the last <laughs> bell of midnight. <laughs> exactly. So you got 31 days to call it in. I can't wait to see what you're going to send our way. Yeah, well, they've been good. Last year were some great options. Yeah, we uh, Deadly Friend was one from the listeners that I love that movie. Oh, I yeah. never would have found it without you all. So thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. And we hope to hear your listener request month suggestions shortly. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, and I am thrilled to be part of the mega podcasting powers as we take a journey into Russellmania. My co-host, uh, the the kind of guy who would go to a back alley in Chinatown and do some strange gambling with you if you asked him, uh, and, and do so with the confidence completely unearned by his ability, the Macho Man Andrew. Andrew Leno. I mean, he, we could play it like I'm, I'm sort of an embodiment of a younger Kurt sort of a Disney era Kurt and you're sort of an 80s <laughs> sure, era sure. Kurt. <laughs> yeah, the no, that's, that, you, that feels right. Because as I was watching this movie, I was like, oh man, I wish it wasn't COVID times because I want to host a Russellmania party where you have to dress as Kurt Russell. <laughs> it would be fun. There's like a lot of options there. Like I you feel. can do deep cut, like the commander from Sky High or you can be, sure, yeah. uh, uh, what's his face from The Thing. Uh, McCready. And the thing about McCready that's great is like it's just a big fur lined hood. So any coat that you just like got a little strip of fur on, you'd look just like him. We are doing accidentally, uh, oops, <laughs> oops, all carpenters. <laughs> WrestleMania, oops, all carpenters. Uh, this is Carpenter the first McCatton. one we are doing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this. <laughs> So this is Big Trouble in Little China. We normally tell you this is the end of the episode, but uh, I think just giving you the hint there, you'll figure it out. Because when I tell you that the Patreon selection this month, those on the $5 tier at patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s, will hear our episode on The Thing that we just talked about. And then I'll let you all figure out what the other John Carpenter, Kurt Russell <laughs> film is. But that is the other episode in March. Uh, we'll tell you at the end of the episode. So if you, if you know it already, maybe you're out there squeeing with the light. But I accidentally created my own Kurt Russell film marathon, which is why we're doing this. It also happens to be the man's 70th birthday this month. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. Happy Russell. Happy birthday, Russ. Hope you and Goldie do something Hope fun. Hope that you have. Yes. Anyway, we watched Big Trouble in Little China, so you know what that we means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your theme park attraction colon the movie. Something's gotta know about your theme park attraction colon the movie. When the mega powers explode... I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So I texted you while I was watching this, which is not something I normally do. I try to like not influence your your viewings and stuff. It's much much. I don't like like I think the podcast is much more interesting when you have your own take and don't come yeah. to it. But I was 
I was I was watching this and I was just like really enjoying it. I've only ever seen this movie one other time. I'm pretty sure, maybe two. Uh, it's one of those ones that I'm almost positive I just blind bought as a Blu-ray because I was like, oh, it's Kurt Russell and John Carpenter. Yeah. There's like very little chance I'm not going to like that. And I remember watching it and really, really enjoying it. And then it just kind of sat on the shelf forever. And then I moved uh, about a year and a half ago and I was downsizing the movie and Blu-ray collection. And I was like, can't get rid of that one. Like there's definitely at minimum, there's an episode in it and it'll just be easier to watch my copy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hold on to it. And then I was watching it this time and it's like, man, I am not going to wait that long between viewings of this again. It's enjoyable. But I texted you. And I gave you a little bit of, of of color for your viewing, and I was like, it's a theme park attraction. It's like exactly what this is. I, I, I do feel like I would have drawn that same conclusion. I would ha- I would have still, because you said it so that I would enjoy the movie. I feel like I would have right, I would have right. enjoyed it and found that conclusion on my own. I will say that. Okay. Okay, that's good. I just didn't want it to be a situation where it's like, I have this one read on it that makes it very enjoyable, and then I just like don't say anything, and you don't hit that spot, and you're like, yeah, it's fine, I don't really enjoy it. And I was like, I feel like I can tee you up for success yeah. in this first I viewing. really like this movie a lot, but I do think it has some issues that could have been really easily fixed. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's it op- it's not a great, great movie. No. Well, that's the thing about John Carpenter. It's either like genre-defining staples... Or, yes, what is this movie at the bargain bin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're both great. Like, he, I, I really enjoy his his catalog. Like, he, he all of his things are fun, even if they're not the genre definers. Like, his shit's fun. But, um, yeah, for me, I so it it feels like it opens with a framework. Okay, it's the guy, the store owner from Tremors and the grandpa from Three Ninjas, the the actor being like interrogated by government you know air quotes government about uh, according to the commentary this is all reshoot that the studio was like no one's gonna understand this picture yes, i heard they were like well kurt's the star and carpenter was like i mean he is and he's not uh he's a sidekick he's, <laughs> he he is like so adamant about so i didn't i don't normally listen to the commentary but i would love to their comment their commentary on the thing is a hoot. It's just the two of them fucking around and it's just really nice. Like they very much like each other. You can tell it's genuine that they didn't just work together by accident four times, but they just really like each other. I feel like uh, there's a, there's times? a sliding door universe four. where it's uh Kurt Russell in they live. Oh yeah. I definitely think that would, I don't think, I don't think they live is the th- cult classic. It is. If it's Kurt Russell, I think it's just average. That's yeah. Fair. It's it, the the weirdness of it elevates it in my personal opinion. Not wrong. Um, I, I I actually I love that you brought up the John Carpenter where it's like these genre defining classics or or sometimes it's just kind of weird. That's what I love about his stuff that it's all very signature John Carpenter. Oh yeah, all of it. Like it's 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 his style. It's very much. And I know we dunk on this guy all the time, but it's the opposite of Ron Howard. Where it's just <laughs> there's just there's no there's no signature flair. And I I say this with a little bit more background than usual because. As part of my just I'm only watching Kurt Russell movies for a while, I watched Backdraft, which I had never seen fairly recently. And it's a 90s movie, so obviously we won't do it on this show. And it was the universal it's, attraction, it's, wasn't it? It was. I don't remember seeing it, but it, it was a universal attraction. But it's like, it's this movie about firefighters, and, and it's got De Niro, and it's got Kurt Russell, and it's got one of the lesser Baldwins, which is not really a you know, mark in its favor. 
but it's like a movie about firefighters and an arsonist and it's got great character actors sprinkled throughout it. Um, I'm going to not use all the names and people are going to be screaming at me like, how do you not mess with this person? But like, just, it's a great cast and it's just dull as dishwater. It's like there's three action sequences that are pretty watchable and the rest of it is just like, oh, it's like a, it's like a humdrum family drama thing that we're doing for two hours and 10 minutes. I thought I was here to see fire. I thought it was about burning shit. Yeah, it's, it's Ron Howard. You got Howard. It's a wallpaper movie. It's, it's a wallpaper movie, but yeah, Kurt Russell. You know, I, I I've been I've been watching all these Kurt Russell movies that have just. The reason is it was late at night and I was clicking around for something on streaming, and a movie called Breakdown from like ninety seven or ninety eight was on some streaming service or another that I have, and I was like, oh, it's Kurt Russell. I, I'm not even. I've never even heard of that, and I click on it, and it, it must have been. Must have been one of the services that, or maybe I just looked it up, but it was like really well regarded on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was like eighty nine minutes long, and it's like his wife that's gets great. kidnapped, and he's on a yeah, it's like his wife gets kidnapped, and he's on a quest to save her, and I was like, that's exactly the kind of stakes that I miss in movies. Like it's just those, like the stakes are high for him, but like as an outside oh. viewer, if he fails, the world, <laughs> the world yeah. doesn't blow up, and I loved it. Yeah. And I was like so into this movie. MC Ganey plays one of the bad guys. And I was just like, oh, this is great. This is so much fun. And then I just was like, well, what other Kurt Russell crap can I find? And I just started slogging through and finding things. So Backdraft got watched. Have you gone to to Disney Kurt yet? No, no. I have. My rule has been he has to be an adult. (laughs) So it's like I didn't do the I will pick it up just to, to check the final box. But he and Carpenter did Elvis in 1979 and he he played Elvis in a TV oh. movie. And I everyone talks about that as Kurt's transition from like child kid star to future. Uh, but certainly I think most of that Disney stuff is on the on the Disney Plus. I would imagine. Your computer wore tennis shoes and whatnot. There, uh, honestly, if you go to movies, there's probably a Kurt Russell collection. Yeah, I would guess. I would guess. But anyway, so I've been watching a lot of Kurt Russell and wanted to bring it to the podcast. So that's how we got to where we are. Back to my point from whatever ago. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm geeked up for this. I get one. it. Uh, so it opens with what feels like a framing device of um, the grandfather from Three Ninjas being interviewed by, quote, hand-wavy government. Also, also Tremors, Victor Wong. I said okay. that first before you started. Can I add? Can I add my crazy fact about Victor Go Wong? Ahead. Do you know when he died? I'm gonna guess September twelfth, two thousand one. You talk about a death that's never gonna get mentioned oh, in wow. any media. It's dying the day after nine eleven. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> yes. It's like, like he's a character actor. People would kind of go like, oh, that guy. But the day after, I thought that was bonkers. Meanwhile, I'm laughing. Here's the part where I find out that like he was he was in New York or in a tower or something horrible. I was like, I apologize if I was deeply horrible just now. I don't think I was. But just like, wow, bad timing. So, yeah, it's set up with this framing device where the government is interviewing him about the events of the movie you're about to watch. And he talks about magic and he reveals that he's magical. And it's like, oh, okay. But then they don't go back to that at the end. So it's not a framing device. It's just a weird thing. What this movie desperately needed was the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, you're you're like, here's the situation. I needed the like, 
let's do panning shots of, you know, Asian tapestries that tell the story of Lopan, the ancient wizard. Sure. Who he is, who his three minions are, the monsters he controls, what happened to him, and how that curse can be broken. Like, give me that, because they only explain two of those things, sort of, at around the 50-minute mark of this hour, 40-minute movie. And it's like, it's very unsatisfying in that regard that i was like well hang hang on you're you're giving a lot of cool (laughs) shit and then just like really half-assing it like because they'll be like well lopan was was a was a wizard who was cursed and then 20 minutes later like he was cursed by the the first emperor he has to do this i'm like put that all at once <laughs> I think what they're trying to avoid, and I, I agree with you, it's not necessarily a point of favor for the movie, but the movie I think is trying to avoid the like info dump sequence where one character just explains all this plot to somebody else. And I, I think you can get around it. I think other movies have done that in ways the that beginning are satisfying of Beauty and the, the Beast. Audience. Sure. It yeah. can even yes, be, but it there can are also ways be, that like a character could said it's uh, Victor Wong. Yes. It can even still be Victor Wong telling the story since he is the like ancient wise magician. And he can even be like, I know because I was there. Like, I'm fine with that. But like, yeah, someone has to tell me because they don't explain who these who the three elements are. They just keep all they're like the storms. And I was like, hang on. Hold up. Not one of those fuckers <laughs> referred to themselves as a storm. No one called them a storm when they showed up. You can't just talk about that after the fact. Well, Okay, I will say, to the credit of the movie, one of them has thunder powers, one of them has lightning powers, one of them has rain powers, so they do kind of embody storms. But, like, no one calls them that. There's no explanation of why they hang out with Lopan. They're not, are they his minions? Are they his equals? Are they, like, all gods? Right. Like, right, there's no hierarchy. Are they gods? Because it, it seemed like it was just their, they seemed like gods when they first showed up. Yes, yes. But I don't know. And then later he's right. got a... a uh, a, a monster an actual like furry monster with claws that doesn't get explained right. or talked about and then <laughs> and also an eyeball monster. and also an eyeball monster that looks hideous and disgusting <laughs> that again like it's it's the eyeballs of his enemies that he plucked out and squished together to make a magic like like sure it's great explanation yeah i like that because a lot. it's this godless abomination <laughs> so I, I want to put the caveat here that I do not disagree with your point. I don't. I think you make a good point. I think it would improve this movie uh, a bit to, to have that. I, I really do. I think the explanation is, one, John Carpenter was kind of doing his riff on well, the Kung Fu movies it. that he watched. Right, 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 right. But I'm saying as a as – a, the, the writing of this movie is bonkers. But I'm saying as, like a, as a movie that he's making, it's kind of a riff on the – Asian action movies that got imported over here, the various uh, martial arts movies mm-hmm. that probably explained all that stuff in their original version. And then when they got translated for America, it was like, eh, no one gives a shit. <laughs> and they just like, sometimes the guys have powers. That is my guess. I am not a person who's like super well-versed in the martial yeah. arts. Ouvoir, but as a, as an American <laughs> who is, who has been on this, on this country for some time, it is my assumption that when they imported those movies, it was just like, I will kick you now in the subtitles. And in, in, in the real dialogue, it was this long explanation of, of whatever. So that's my guess. 
And the other is the movie was written by two guys and then another person came in. They basically just threw it all out and rewrote the whole thing. And a lot of times when that happens, some stuff that was explained in a previous draft that the writer read, I think gets and all these other people read. I think they absorb it as like status quo info. Mm. And when it's not in the script, it doesn't occur to them. Totally fair. Um, that's that's just me yeah. speculating. But. Yeah, because I think I think a very, very bare wire framework was kept of the original script. Like, uh, I heard that apparently in the original, his horse got stolen because it was like an actual old Western. And right. then when they updated it to be, which like, thank God, I, I, I don't, maybe t- like Cowboys versus Aliens is all the vibe I get. Like, which like, no, thanks. I'm yeah. good. It's it's all it's also likely to be way more racist if it's set in the old west. Yeah, because then you have to sort of confront the fact that uh, I mean he Vincent Wong talks about it that like they built the transic transcontinental railroad. Right, Victor. Victor, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like you, you do have to address a little more of that than you would have to, as opposed to setting it in Chinatown. But I, the the, the whole weird Western subgenre that this kind of falls into, even this version of this movie, I would call basically a weird Western, but set in modern. I have I have recently similar to Mandalorian. Yes, exactly. I, I was gonna say I have recently come to learn that I just really like weird westerns. Uh, it's just it's a. Uh, it's a thing that I dig. I, I like that idea of like throwing a, an odd element into uh, a Western sort of thing is like something that I dig. Like, I don't think the movie Wild Wild West is good, but I think the things in it are things that appeal to me. The idea of yeah. you know, a big janky stuff, whatever. Right. That kind of thing. I, I dig. But yeah, that was just that was my main issue with the movie was that I wanted to understand. I like I was like, I like what's going on. I want to know why we're right, doing everything. Right. Give me like a little bit more because no, I'm, I'm with you. They, they mention. I will say, I don't think this becomes a cult classic. If they do that, I think the weirdness is what creates the fondness to be a little bit valid on the nose. But like they, in the, in the Wikipedia, things are much more condensed because it says like, Oh, he explains that, yes. th- that low pang was cursed with incorporeality. And I was like, when, and that was like the second paragraph. And I was like, wait, what? And then it yeah. halfway to the end, towards the end, like middle of the movie, they were like, oh yeah, he's incorporeal. And I was like, okay, but like, why is it a bad thing for him? He seems <laughs> to still be able to do magic as, right. a, as a floaty being. I think what it is, is you basically check exactly enough boxes for everybody to be like, oh, I've seen this movie. I get, like, I get, I've not seen this movie, but I've seen this movie, yeah. so to speak. It's like, I, I get what we're doing. He's got to like, Come and take a bride. If he takes a bride, he gets to be human again or something like that. That's I mean, we've all seen that, right? Like we we know that genre. That's okay, it's fine. It's that's what we're doing here. And I, I agree with you. you I think it's like probably better if they do don't magic. do it that like, way. It should have been Right. You can do magic when you're a frail old man, but when you're the yeah. incorporeal being, you can't do any like a nice little trade off. Something that gives you reason to right. want a body back. Because frankly, it doesn't make sense that he would want a body because he's not immortal. He's not a god. Right. Right. No, I'm with you. I, I I think that makes total sense. A little bit more backstory. It's the first time we've ever, uh, well, it's not the first time ever, but it's one of the times where we're like, hey, we would like a little bit more movie here, actually. Well, because the movie has, like, all you have to do is cut the opening interrogation that doesn't do anything and just replace yeah. it with an explanation. Movie's the same length. You could just, 
Yeah, you could have it open slightly differently with Victor Wong telling this story to Kurt Russell, like over the game of Pai Gao. I think that's what they're oh, playing. Oh, that could have been fun. Something like that would be, you know, like he's like, it's a, like putting your idea and that idea together. Like it's a tapestry behind him and he's explaining it. And like maybe he's trying to sell Kurt the tapestry mm-hmm. or something like that. Cause, and it's cause like then you him. Could, I like the idea of the tapestry because then you can have some things move. And you can have a little some yes. animation in there where, like, occasionally, like, yeah, a yeah. dragon moves or, like, a sword moves or something. Right, right. Yeah, I think that'd be rad. That's really my only, you know, quibble is that because everything else is really – is pretty enjoyable. Uh, it's it's pretty – it's well-crafted. It's John Carpenter, so, like, you can't really he, – he, he knows what he's doing. Right, right. And it's th- – frankly, I'm shocked that this movie hasn't been remade as, like, a Chinese-American joint venture. And I, originally I wrote with Jason Statham and I was like, that's the Meg cross that out. And I was like, <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Question mark. Like, wait, did you did you come up with that independently? Yes, I just thought that. OK, because that is a thing that like that was supposed to happen years ago. Oh, yeah. No, I, so uh, that's what that's right. <laughs> I, I came up with it on my own. And then on Wikipedia after the movie was over, I saw that and I was okay. like, oh, wow. Because th- that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. The Rock does not have this type of performance in him. And I, I I say that as like, I generally like his stuff. I think it's fine. I'm a little personally concerned about the fact that his new show is the conceit where he's running for president and is like telling all these stories. I'm a little bit like, hey, Dwayne, could you could you fucking not? Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Super rad. That was the the like premise. Anyway, I generally think the Rock's movies are fine. They're like all of a very specific type. I think he's a, he he is a charisma actor, much like Dolly Parton before him. Or whatever yeah. is like, I don't think he's a good actor, but he's got charisma and by the bucketful, so they use him well. I think I talked about this in the show before, but my girlfriend pointed out that all of his characters are weirdly very sexless, and now I can't stop thinking about it in every everything that I Even watch. In the one his characters. He's married to Demi Moore. That one. The old, Not Demi Moore. He has. Uh, 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 Sydney Prescott. Uh, yeah, no, super duper sexless in that. I think they kiss once. Huh. And it's like very, very emotionless. I didn't know that. Anyway, the thing with this character is I don't think Dwayne Johnson would lean into the stupid enough. And the, the key is that this character is a buffoon. I don't, I feel, and that's what makes I it feel beautiful. Because like Dwayne Johnson has done the like Disney movie route, the like bumbling dad Disney movie route. So I don't know. Yeah, but he he's always cool. You're saying Kurt Russell isn't cool? I'm saying the character of Jack Burton is not cool. Like like he's an idiot who thinks he's the coolest man on earth. He's still pretty cool. <laughs> I have to I mean, he's, he's an idiot, but he's still pretty cool. <laughs> I just feel like The Rock has the wrong energy. I feel like he would not bring the same energy that Kurt Russell brings to this. Cause it's like a very specific performance he's doing here. Yeah. He's, he's a guy who thinks he's John Wayne and is actually the ninth extra on the set who like, is it, you can see half of him in out of focus in the background. Yes. Uh, anyway, we should talk about the movie cause we're getting toward <laughs> a half an hour here. So Kurt is driving the pork chop express and eating just the absolute largest hoagie one could possibly hold with one hand. It's so we- Like that's not, that's not ideal driving food. 
Especially, it's not it's not like he got a hoagie and he unwrapped like half of it and he's like eating it while holding the wrapper. He's eating a whole unwrapped hoagie. It's just tomatoes yeah, flying everywhere. He's eating it, but he's also eating it like, I mean, I guess it's how you would eat a hoagie that long, but he's like eating it f- from the tip. Like, yes. it's, it's very <laughs> well, weird. Well, if it's not cut in half, what else are you I doing? Know, it should have been a burger. It should have been a burger. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's better that it isn't, but... My headcanon is that his radio is broken. Because he's just jabber-jawing <laughs> into that radio. Not a soul responds. Right. I was expecting a Carpenter cameo at one point or another of just, like, a voice on the radio. Oh. It seems like a real easy place to stick yourself in as a director. Or Deborah Hill. Although I don't think she produced this. Yeah, no. I don't believe that she did. I think this is sort of a director-for-hire situation for Carpenter. Mm. Who, by the way, I will, I will just so uh, folks out there know, I did request an interview uh, from a publicist whose whose name I tracked down because he just dropped an album in the beginning of February, and the publicist was like, "Super appreciate it. I'm sure you'd be good." But uh, he did a lot of interviews and he's not doing it anymore. And I was like, "All right, that's fair." And I was reading some Carpenter interviews. You got a per- like a response that the, was, oh yeah, it just was like insert name. Yeah, no, it was it was a nice. The person was nice to me, but uh, I was reading an interview, and I don't think it was from this batch, but it was like a fairly recent one. And he has just the best old man energy to me. Where they were asking about the remakes, and I think it was I think it's an older interview because it's before the Halloween remake came out, and he ended up being pretty involved with that. But it was like, oh, I like when they pay me. I mean, that's my favorite part of <laughs> when they remake my stuff is they cut me a nice check and I cash it, and then I can I can I can live, which is great. So keep doing it, Hollywood. Keep making my stuff. I mean, it's easy when you have that back catalog. Right, exactly. But he just seems to like really enjoy doing his music and he doesn't really give a shit about anything else. And that's that's all he's interested in. He hangs out with his kid and another guy and they make music together. And that's pretty much all he wants to do. And he's and his music is good. Like, that's the other thing. It's not some vanity project like a Bruce Willis. It's like, no, 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 this is like the whole time I've also been composing the music for my movies. Right. And the when you listen to my albums, it's like, oh, it's a soundtrack for a movie that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's like real tonal and, and whatnot. But I will say I would be so completely there for another John Carpenter, Kurt Russell jam, whatever it is. I don't care. I'll be there. Oh, yeah. Does Kurt, do Kurt and Goldie have kids? Yes. Do they act? Yes. Uh, this is also a side project of the trip. Like, you know, Kurt Russell film film experience. Uh, I found out that I accidentally have seen almost every single thing that Wyatt Russell has been in because Wyatt was a hockey player. Oh, a fairly good one. And so, you know, one of my rules is like, if there's a movie about hockey, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> he is in a lot of those or a fair number, well, so, a couple so at was least. Kurt. Wasn't Kurt in the butt one? The butt one. There was a movie we watched about hockey that had more than the normal number of butts in a movie. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Miracle has butts no, in it? No, for the podcast. Oh, no. Kurt is not in Youngblood, I don't think. Isn't he like the antagonist turned like mentor guy? I thought that was, I thought that movie is Rob Lowe and Keanu as the two main dudes and Swayze. Oh, it's Swayze. Not, not that's, I was thinking. Swayze, okay. Again, <laughs> it was the hair that you got. Yeah. So, so, uh, Wyatt Russell was in this two season show that I think was FX or might've been AMC, uh, called the lodge with so much of it. There's a bunch of scenes in this where Kurt's wearing like a drug rug hoodie, mm-hmm. like the kind that your stoner friends in high school wore. Yeah. 
or stoner classmates, maybe not your friends. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to assume everybody's friendships, but the, the stoner kids that you went to high school with, he's kind of wearing one of those and, and Wyatt is kind of wearing one of those throughout it. But the, the, to bring this back to this movie in the commentary at one point, he and John Carpenter are just like shooting the shit through this commentary. So at one point Carpenter's like, Hey man, how are the kids doing? And, and Kurt's like, Oh man, they're so good. They're doing so good. And it's like 2000. So I think, Kate Hudson, who is not his biological child, but I think they they're extremely close. I don't. I, don't, I think I have read that she considers him her dad. I don't want to be wrong sure. about that. And it's like not a like I. My understanding is they're very close. But he's like, oh yeah, Wyatt was just in this hockey tournament. It was like ten days long up in Canada. He's with the Junior Kings and the the L.A. NHL team. And he's like, they went up there and he's he's playing goal and he had just such a great tournament. The whole team did. They end up winning the championship. He's like gushing, uh, proud about his kid who's proud like dad. you know probably fifteen. Yeah, it's really nice. And Carpenter is like. Oh well, was Dad up there? And I think Kurt interprets the question as like, "Were you like involved in hockey?" And Kurt's like, "No, no, 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 not like that." And John Carpenter's like, "Why the hell were you there?" And he's like, "Wait, of course I was there. I was. We were cheering on like crazy. We were there. I just don't play hockey." So I just I enjoyed that very. I wonder if like celebrity kids have their own leagues of stuff, so that like when Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn show up at a game it's like they're next to like i don't know meryl streep and and (laughs) fucking jason alexander i don't know i'm pulling names but like that way it's not weird i don't know it no it's not that at all because i can tell you uh i was at a horse show up at where's that there's that the devon horse show yeah yeah so i was there I don't know why i don't remember but i was there with some friends and people were like oh spring's uh Patty Scalfa, uh, Scalfa, Springsteen's wife was here because their daughter was like a big, or I don't know, how, probably not anymore given ages, but was like a big horse person. And apparently Springsteen like she and Patty like was a jockey. She, I, it's not jockey. But, it's like dressage or whatever it is. But she, she was a horse person. Uh, she rode horses. An equestrian. I, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, an equestrian enthusiast. But apparently the Springsteens were like regularly there hmm. and people have like met Bruce and like people were like, you got to be kind of chill about it. Like the, he's here for his kid. Like, oh, don't shit. be shitty to him kind of thing. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I'm pretty sure this is a situation where whatever the Los Angeles equivalent of ice line was, <laughs> that you you walk I in there with your shitty hot dog and Gatorade. The like three feet to the left of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn is... Uh, a sun faded Stargate pinball machine. Yes, that is exactly it. And there's like a claw machine that doesn't that has like one prize left in it, and nobody ever refills. It's still got like it's still got like a Pokemon in it, but not a new Pokemon. Yes, it's got like right. It's <laughs> it's a 1997 Pokemon yeah. thing that's in there for 20 years. Yes, so that is the situation as far as I understand it. Because their kid ended up being like, does he look like Kurt? I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he honestly kind of looks like, you know, those things they do where they smoosh two faces together to make like the byproduct of the two humans. It's like if you did that with Kurt and Goldie, because it's like (laughs) Kurt's exact beard, the sort of like stick straight, very um, uh, bushy beard Mm -hmm. and longer hair, but like a little bit more Goldie, certainly Goldie in coloring, but a little more Goldie in body and volume too. Like it's a little nicer looking than Kurt's sort of like uh slackery, greasy long hair, the way he would wear it in, in like the thing. Huh. I'm gonna have to look it up. Cause I, I was picturing a like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid situation. 
No, I don't think. He, yeah, he doesn't look like a, at all like him, as far as I'm aware. Schwartz, uh, Schwarzenegger's kid, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. It looks like it looks like a deep fake of yes. Kurt Russell. Yes. It's like exactly like if you push the two of them together, you're like, I know exactly who your parents are. Yeah. Uh, but apparently he was, so was rumor Willis. a pretty high level hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. She's exactly the same thing. She's one of those babies. He's apparently, uh, Wyatt is apparently going to be a big part of that Winter Soldier show that's coming out. Oh, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? Yeah. And he was good in Overlord, the World War II horror movie from a couple years back. Didn't see it. It's, it's dope. World War II, but a full-on horror movie with Nazis and shit. Anyway, we're spouting philosophy on our CB, perhaps to nobody, and just mainlining calories. Every time we cut away and cut back, he has a different food that he's eating, which is really delightful to I me. I like it. And then as soon as he gets into Chinatown, and apparently Kurt had to really drive this truck. Uh, the commentary was talking about that, which <laughs> seems like a real challenge. Uh, he's, he hops out of the truck and he immediately buys a bunch of dumplings. And I was like, you just ate a family meal hoagie or a That's party a pack hoagie. That's a mood. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure those dumplings were rad as hell. Yeah, you just like ate like a three foot sandwich. pork to Chinatown, then like, yeah, it's I'm going to eat that food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we do some gambling and it's like very much, you know, he's the king of the table telling stories and everybody seems to, you know, be into him or whatever. Uh, and it, they go all night, which is fun. It's, fu- it's fun that it very clearly establishes that, like, he is part of this little community. Like, yes, he, he clearly delivers to them every time. Like, th- this is his normal route. Yeah. And he's sort of like become part of this little this little group and it's nice yeah he's 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 very much a part of the proceedings everybody's like hey jack's here kind of situation mm-hmm. they're doing a bunch of gambling this is where we're introduced to dennis dunn who plays uh, who uh, carpenter is adamant in the diet in the uh commentary track talking about like oh man like the studio really thought it was a Kurt Russell lead. And even Kurt Russell's like, I'm not the lead of this movie. Dennis Dunn is the lead of this movie. Yeah. I don't know what everybody's talking about. I'm there in the middle of the poster. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, especially later, it's like, I get knocked unconscious. De- Dennis Dunn does all the fights. Mm-hmm. I really like Dennis Dunn. And I was sort of convinced that I had seen him in something else. And then looking through his filmography, I haven't. He seems to have stopped acting. And I hope that was his decision and not like shitty Hollywood circumstances because he was, yeah. he was very delightful in this movie. I can see him carrying something. Like, I mean, he does carry this movie, but like, I could see him going on to carry more projects. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It would be nice to see him in more stuff. So there's this weird bit because Russell... He is also uh, just about to turn 70, by the way, next year, oh. next April. Uh, that's crazy because he looks way younger than Kurt Russell in this movie. Yeah, I know. So everyone leaves the table and Kurt's got his like big old stack of cash and the guy pulls out a, a machete like and it's clearly established that they're friends so this isn't threatening but he says i mm-hmm. bet this can chop the bottle in half double or nothing they say nothing or double and i'm like that's never been the phrase right and so kurt's like sure but this bottle and finishes his beer and hands it to him and i was like oh matt because we saw nary 10 minutes ago that magic is like hand glowy electricity Winifred Sanderson magic exists in this world. And I was like, oh, cool. Right. This is a magic sword or magic blade or whatever. And instead he hits, he goes to hit it and it like just hits the bottle and shoots it across the table. And I was like, wait, huh? What are we doing? 
And he catches it like a cat as well, which is great. That's sort of his thing in this movie. Like, that's his redeeming quality of, like, I may be yeah. bumbling, but I can catch stuff. Right. And so Kurt's like, well, better luck next time. Pay up. And I was like, oh, you were serious about making your friend pay you over $1,000? Like, I thought this was just, like, <laughs> yeah. friendly ribbing. Like, if your friend right. could do this, you would be like, oh, oh let's let's talk about this. Right, right. So he makes him... He's going to make him pay him, which seems weird. And so he's like, I have to go pick up my fiance from the airport. I finally have enough money to bring her over from China. And so they rather than take his car to the airport, which is objectively the move. Right. That's just the move. Because he has he has like a van. I don't even think it's a van, but it's a car. It's a normal car and not right. the cab of a truck. It's a regular car. Yeah. So they drive the, the truck. When I, Even then I was like. That's going to be uncomfortable. She has uh, presumably has stuff like a yes. couple suitcases. No, she doesn't. Somehow she eight. <laughs> she's like a weekend. 18 wheeler cabs are bigger than you expect. I, I even that big to like comfortably fit later. They fit five yeah, people. I, and I was like, we shouldn't. I watched a video not long ago where a guy gave a tour of it. And it's like a full on little apartment back there. There's oh. like two beds and and like a microwave and a little fridge. And it's like you live in that. Thing. I didn't. I mean, I knew he lived there. But I didn't realize it was like that. Um, so they yeah. get to the airport and we see who I thought was Elizabeth Shue and got very excited. But it's just Kim Cattrall. She's good in this movie. I'll, I mean, I do. I think she's good in this movie. She's she, perfectly fine. I, it would obviously be better if Elizabeth Shue. But yeah. Yeah. Although I feel like it would be crazy for Elizabeth Shue to go from playing a like successful lawyer who's an activist to playing an eighteen year old because this movie was before. Is Kim Cattrall eighteen in the in the? No, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh 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 oh. Which I believe was after this. I was I was I lost the plot there. It's that would just be such a Uh, weird. I think it is right. I think you're right. I think babysitting's eighteen. It was just so funny for her to be like, I'm a successful adult lawyer, and then. I'm 18, and then, oh, again in Back to the Future, be like, I'm a teenager. Okay, but as we always point out on the show, John Candy, literally in the same, a week apart, was in Volunteers, where he was in college, and then was but in a man. Uh, Summer Rental. He's allowed to do that. Where he had three children. Three children. And is, like, so burnt out in his career that he's forced to take a vacation. He's, like, 40 in that movie, I think. You're right. He does play 40. Yeah, I think Kim Patrol's fine in this movie. She definitely reads all her lines as though she's do about, like, preparing for sex in the city mentally. Like, they all have a weird <laughs> breathiness to them. And I'm like, that's not, seems like not the vibe for this conversation. I think that that is just her. I think that's just... <laughs> yeah i think that's just how she talks because isn't she also real breathy and mannequin oh i don't remember but i mean it, that would make sense but it's very much like oh i'm so sorry i'll get you we'll get your fiance back and i was like You're yeah. not Mae west <laughs> yeah. like this is not the may west movie uh, people uh, out there should know that you did a lot of shoulder action with that it's impossible of, to, do a, to do a may west <laughs> without some shoulder hey I like the name of your truck, the Pork Chop Express. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we meet the Lords of Death gang, which great name, by the way. Uh, on the nose. <laughs> well, I like it. Well, Sometimes you got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. I did appreciate this, that like Kurt goes to hit on Kim Cattrall and she's like, you're disgusting. Uh, I did not invite this into my bubble. Please leave. And then when the gang walks by, she instantly yeah. knows who they are. And I was like, why, why does she know who they are? And then 
they explain very clearly that like yeah she's a lawyer who lives in the neighborhood and i was like oh okay cool yeah yeah she's there to help a woman it was never explained exactly how she knew this like whether it was through like a non-profit that was to help something but she has this woman's picture yeah. who's supposed to come to america and when the gang tries to kidnap her they intervene so they just kidnap the next woman who happens to be his well, buddy's fiance i almost wonder if it because she the there's a thing with lopan that his two his bride has green eyes and i and kim control and the other actress whose name i did not write down but we'll check here they both have these really odd green contacts in like very obviously are wearing contact lenses i guess they were never meant to be watched in hd like this yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, we say that a lot, but a movie screen is way more HD than HD. But in 1985, was it that kind of crisp? Like, Yeah, because, I mean, maybe not after the first couple of weekends, depending on how mo- your movie was shown, but they were they were on actual film. And, like, I- I'm going to get the number wrong, but my understanding is that film is way, way, way higher resolution than 4K or even 8K. Like, it's more like in, like, the 32K range really? for actual film. Yeah. I learned this recently, because we always said, it's like, oh, it's never meant to be watching HD. And maybe the difference is, you're watching it at home, and the lights are on, or whatever, and it's like, you know, the dark of the theater does a lot of magic on its own that, that, that carries you through some of this stuff, so maybe that's part of it. But, yeah, it, it's it's odd looking, especially with something as silly as there's this... this I feel like the eye color stuff is always one of these weird fan things where it's like, why in the book they say specifically that they have these color eyes? And it's like, I mean, unless it's a real specific plot point about the eye color, who gives a shit? And if it is a specific plot point about the eye color, just change it to brown. Like, I can't, unless it's like a specific thing about refraction of light beams, who cares? Also, like, I, I, as some, I've worn colored contacts before. And so they make the, um, if you like, just look at a color contact on a piece of paper, the area where your iris would be is, um, much bigger than your actual iris to compensate for, you know, eye shape and whatever you don't have, you're not blinded. Mm-hmm. However, if you're going to do a close up shot, why not just like, why don't they have ones like commission a, a contact where the iris is much smaller and closer to a human eye and be like, it's just for a close up shot. No one has to walk around. And then you don't have this brown ring around your iris before your green right right it would make so much sense yeah it's like all right kim get to your mark great okay contacts in filming the close-up film 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 okay cut pull those contacts so kim can walk and we're done yeah exactly it seems like a very easy to do thing now they probably just do that stuff digital anyway oh yeah i can make i can on facetune i can change my eye color yeah I, this is this part I like a lot because it really gives you a lot of Jack Burton. Like you see him get involved in the fight. It's like sort of John Wayne energy. But you see his whole outfit here, and it's, he's got the drug rug, and he's got these knee high moccasin boots going on. I do, and yeah, it's just, why is he? Why does he have like Lara Croft or um, J- Indiana Jones? I guess boots? he just like they look like explorables. Yes, yes. But I, I have here, like, he's got this sort of, like, surfer bro cowboy energy to him. Like, it's sort of all these things, you know, mooshed together. Um, So they kidnap his fiance, his friend's fiance, and drive away with her. And so they, they a chase happens. And yes, the guy from the beginning, whose name is Egg, he's basically driving the Chinatown tour bus version of the Dr. Teeth bus. 
Like that's yes, his bus. Yes, he totally is. Yeah. So they're driving around. Every time this movie, th- I think there's going to be magic. It disappoints me. Because like they're driving around, blah, 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 blah. And his friend is like calling out directions as Kurt Russell's like, why do they kidnap her? And he's like, I don't know. The world's fucked up. <laughs> and then you hear he says, turn right down that alley. And Kurt goes, what alley? And he says, turn right now. And I thought we were going to get a like turn into like a magic thing like uh-huh. through a bear like go through a brick oh wall. like a portal or something yeah yeah, yeah. like a platform nine and three quarters yeah exactly i was like what is it uh, yeah. so like i thought we were gonna get one of those moments but no it's just an alleyway that he didn't see and this is the part that i wrote down that i texted you i was like this is the great movie ride we are on yeah, a yeah. tour so basically like they're driving through this alleyway and i was like i can feel myself on this like they're in the cab and then we're att- uh-huh. our, our little car of like 36 seats is attached to uh-huh. it and we're driving down For this sure. alley and Kurt leans out and there's a woman chopping fish or chicken and Kurt leans out the it's a duck sorry huh? to be pedantic a duck um leans out the window and is like hey ma'am did you see and she stops chopping and goes in and shuts the door and it just feels like a scene straight out of the great movie ride where like the tour guide would be like excuse me have you seen and then is it an animatronic or is it a person it depends on if there was right. how many how many cars they got going this time and she like yeah, yeah, yeah. she would like disappear because she's hidden her lower half is hidden behind the railing so she could be an animatronic i liked it yeah, I I genuinely wonder with this if Kurt, uh, sorry, not Kurt, if uh, John Carpenter is a Disneyland guy because there's like you know some folks out in Hollywood that are definitely I wouldn't Disneyland be shocked people to learn. Yeah, it, it seems like it seems like something I think he would like, and I'm pretty sure he's a California born and raised guy, so maybe that's maybe that's part of it. But this has such theme park energy. Mm-hmm. I will, frankly, I was surprised because isn't this a if it's Carpenter, isn't that un- typically Universal releases? Um, I don't know who... Like, I was just surprised that this never made it onto a thing. I think it's too weird. This is actually Disney owns this now. It's 20th Century oh, Fox. Wow. Yeah. We also, uh, just really quickly, we meet uh, in the as part of the various gang members. I think he's with the gang at the airport is uh, Al Leong, uh, who has the nickname Kabong, who's a stuntman and... Uh, actor that you've definitely seen out there he is the uh, asian gangster in die hard he's the guy that gets killed by the ice cream cone in last action hero oh. and he is genghis khan and bill and ted is he still doing stuff um, like as a coordinator that's a great question that's a great question i always I hope that, like, that stunt people transition to being like stunt coordinators yeah i mean that seems to be he's still acting he was just in some stuff something that came out in 2020 oh. so he, he's at least still acting okay so they drive a little further and then all of a sudden there's a group of people coming this way and his friend is like, it's a funeral. And then the bad guys show up. And here's another minor quibble that I have is that they show you that the the quote unquote good gang wears like creams, whites, tans and yellow. And then the bad yes. gang wears black and red. But then later they're wearing black and yellow on the good guy side. And I was like, you can't do that. Yeah. Nope. We have uniforms for a reason, folks. Do we have standards here? Be on brand. If, if your movie has like gang wars in it, I need to very clearly instantly know. Yeah, totally. So the fight, I, I really enjoy the fight choreo. Sometimes there's just too much of it at once. Like it should be spread out a little more. Like this sequence goes on for quite a while. Yeah. 
and so there's cool moments. Yeah, I think if you, I think, I think if you took ten percent out of each fight scene and added one more fight scene and had the same yes. number overall, I would like it better. Exactly. Yeah. And then they're doing like weird baseball hand signals to each other that I was like, it's, "Am I supposed to get this?" Well, it's just their gang sign, kind of like remember that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer accidentally holds up the eight for the Van Buren boys. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's just a gang hand sign, which is like a thing. Or you remember kids would try to figure out how to spell blood with their fingers. Mm-hmm. I remember. I you can. I mean, I'm sure I could still do it. I'm just. It's been. It's been a while. Anyways, and then uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat shows up. So actually, this image is largely credited as inspiration for that well, look for Raiden. Well, duh. Like you, you look at it's a dude in a <laughs> giant hat with electricity yeah. powers. Was, it's like a big. It's a it's a comically large rice patty style hat. But I wouldn't even call it rice patty style because it's not like it's not doesn't have the angle to it. It almost yeah, looks, I mean, it is it, it it is shaped. It almost right. looks like the uh, like a uh, a merengue hat, like you know the those. I was. It almost is shaped like a funnel. Yeah, it's just very. It's a weird hat. So these three, what look like gods, show up, and only one of them exhibits any powers. At this point, and I was right. like, hey, we could, we could spruce, we could punch this up a bit. Yeah. Because, like, he literally uses lightning as a rope, and I love that. That visual is Yeah, it perfect. looks cool as hell. So, like, we could have had, it would have been even, like, really cool to do that, that old style trick. Do a reverse shot of, like, a bucket of water dropping on the, um, on rain, and then shoot it in reverse yeah. so that he, like, comes out of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool as hell. Just little I agree things. With you. The thing that I love about this fight is how it's like 80% breakaway items. <laughs> like anytime somebody is wielding something, it's going to turn into pieces of that something very shortly exactly. thereafter. Oh, yeah. There's like a crate. Oh, now it's pieces of wood. Oh, there's a guy. Oh, and he's through the window. Oh, we did the. The one thing that I found very funny, though, is. They do that thing where they like, they like wet the pavement down so it films better, mm-hmm. and so the the pavement the pavement looks really cool when they're standing. But they keep switching to these these transitions where people are getting smashed onto the street, like on their back or doing like a big wrestling fall, and it's very obviously like a carpeted mat, which is fine. Like I it want them to be, be safe. I don't want people getting hurt. Yeah, please be safe. But it's so obviously a double because it goes from wet to dry to wet to dry. <laughs> like it makes it so much more obvious. Then so they kind of like scare the the gangs which i didn't get what like i didn't understand why they were interfering yeah yeah it seems like if if lopan really what his thing should be is let them duke it out clean up the messes and then recruit all of these to be your gang because later they say that they're like oh the the black and red gang works for lopan and i was like well then why were they scared of 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 the storms it should have been like you're screwed now yellow and white team Right, right. Yeah, because later the three gods, Thunder, Lightning, and Rain, and Lopan are with the black and red team, and the other guys are on the uh, egg side mm-hmm. with, with Jack Burton. Um, they each have a very unique weapon. Yeah, I love the spinny ones with the little ring attachment. Because, like, that's l- the most impractical thing in the world. Right. The Like, yeah. hold your hand out, uh, listeners. And and flex your hand so that your your fingers are back away from your palm, as if like you're holding a, a spinning lawnmower blade. Now see how long yeah. you hold that for comfortably. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your fingers are like screaming in pain after 30 seconds. Yeah. Which made me think, I was like, oh, that feels very like merchandise, like merchandising, merchandising. Yes. But that wasn't the case. No, not with this movie. Because is this an R? I, didn't, I don't remember. Or is it PG-13? I, it's got to be. I, I, it feels like an R-rated movie. I guess I'm not sure, certain of that, but I, it feels like an R-rated movie. Because this was around when PG-13 was invented. Right, right. I also don't understand, this is just a minor quote, why is this information not in the breakdown on Wikipedia? Right? Every time I go to click the, like, the, the, there's a little section on the right, as soon as you first open something, just put it there. You right. tell me the budget and I, and the time. Right, and just, like, put out the rating in all the various countries. I don't care. Like, yeah. just give them all. I guess it is a few years too early, but I was going to say the studio, because the studio shit the bed marketing this movie. Oh, for is sure. It, they talk about that at length on the on the. It is uh, PG thirteen. They talk about that at length on the commentary that the that the they were, they they specifically talk about one ad that ran for a while, and it was a large like full page newspaper ad that was Jack Burton, and it was like, who is Jack Burton, and what does he want? And Kurt Russell is like, I don't know. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. What is the big trouble in Little China? Like the actual interesting parts of the movie. Goddamn. Like, how hard is it to go, Lopan is 500 years old, controls the power of weather, and he needs a new bride? Yes. Boom, done. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm intrigued by that premise. What's coming? Because, like, I feel like they could have very easily done the, like, kids marketing. Like, it's very Power Rangers-y with the power. Yeah, for sure. And the the fighting. And these guys, the way they're, they're, because one of them is, it's the spinny fingers, it's like a bear, bear claw saber. Yeah, but they're back scratchers. No, 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 no I was, about, back I was gonna get to the back scratchers. It's the dude who has okay. like he like holds a handle, oh, right. and then there's like a yeah, spiky yeah. thing with a knife, and then it's a it's a pair of of bear claw back scratchers. <laughs> yes, like pointy ones, but bear claw back scratchers. Yeah. Uh, the kind that usually extends. I really like this bit. This, like they do so much little stuff to really build this Jack character out, and. Uh, he Dennis Dunn yells at him. He's like, "Don't look at, don't look at Lopan." And he's like, "What if I already did?" And he's like, "Shut your eyes!" And it gets all bright. And so Kurt Russell's like, sort of stumbling down the alleyway with his hands over his eyes, real comically. And <laughs> Dennis Dunn stops, pulls his hands away, and starts splashing disgusting LA puddle, puddle water. water. That's yes, cocaine it's like, water. Oh, c- congratulations! You now have several STDs in your eyes. Well, okay. So they say that. Lopan is incorporeal. However, they chose to use a dummy to show it to like he gets he gets run over by the car. Right, right. Yeah, th- yeah. I, I mean, agreed. But also love a good dummy smooshing. Well, so I'm torn. Later, we get some dummy flying with with yes, control really and, good uh, and his bride. So they find a little hideaway, and then the the bad guys show up just as they're about to explain stuff. And they have to sneak away, and we get uh, Kurt Russell in a kimono, which is just good stuff. Meow Yin is the character uh, who plays the fiance, the, the fiance character. Uh, it's she's played by Susie Pie, who was a Penthouse Pet of the Month in January 1981. Oh, fun! Uh- Kurt Russell's on the phone with his truck insurance company, and it's like, wow, I'm really glad to know that nothing has changed about dealing with insurance companies. Oh, yeah, it's all exactly identical. 
Also, the lawyer's last... Like, what do you mean that's not covered? I don't care. I'm an insurance company. Fuck you. That's why. Eat shit. That's why. Uh, the lawyer's last name is Law. Yeah. It's a little on the nose. A little, little too bookman for my taste. There's a really great spread on this table. We we like to point out when there's good food it, on a, This on movie screen. made me hungry. Yeah, it's really delicious looking. Those dumplings look dope earlier. And this is like a really lovely looking spread. I wanted to sit down at this table, pull up a chair and start going to town. Oh, for sure. And then later they're eating. They eat a lot in this movie. There's all kinds of great food spread across, yeah. spread about across tables. Um, So they discover that the the Lords of Death, because there's OK, there's three gangs in this movie and there did not need to be three gangs in this movie. Are you sure it was three? I only remember two. No, there's did the I, red and black, the white and yellow, and then the like the the dudes in a band who kidnap her in the first place. Oh, you're right, you're right, right. So we have Lords of Death, the Chang Sing, and the Wing Kong. There is three. Yes. Okay. And considering that, like, it just seems that there's a lot of stuff going on that like could have been trimmed around. Like, they're like, yeah. oh, the Lords of Death kidnapped her for uh, human trafficking and forced and forced sex work. So they're like, oh, we'll send Kurt Russell in because no one knows what he looks like and we'll dress him up. I truly look like a different person. Yeah. But then the glasses and, and the, the jacket is the really jacket delightful. from it's, used cars. Yeah, I was going to say, if you take the glasses away, it's him and used cars. So they send him in because they're like, oh, she's rare because she has green eyes. So that makes her valuable in sex work. And then Kurt. But the thing is, Kurt doesn't even get to her. She's tied up in a, right. in a in a sneaky passageway, and then thunder, rain, and, and lightning have to come and kidnap her for low pang. And I was like, well, then why were we here at all? Pan, my dude. Low pan. Low pan. Sorry. Like, I, I also I, I made the note here that Kurt Russell in this disguise is basically him playing every character he played for the Disney Corporation for 20 years. Like, it's very much the computer war tennis shoes energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it just it just seemed like the the brothel moment was not structured in a way that was necessary or could have just been cut completely yeah like if the when you're doing the second kidnapping of the same character in a movie you're a little bit in tedious town yeah it would have been i think it would have been much more exciting if it was oh you want the green-eyed girl we just got one in stock or whatever awful dehumanizing language they would use and then right 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 and then he gets her he's in the room with her and he's like hey it's me i i'm, I'm with your fiance we're gonna save you from here and then like they yeah. open the door and thunder light, lightning and rain are there yeah because yeah then it, that would work too that that structure to me makes more sense than like i would like a green eye and they're like we don't have one so go with a different sex worker and he's just like hanging out with her like there is no attempt for him to like I'm going to go down the hall to the bathroom. Or like, I need to sneak around and try and find, like, it just was weird. Yeah. 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 He, he He's like asking her for help, right? He says, he's I, like, th- I, I'm getting confused because I just recently watched the Perry Mason HBO show. And there's several sequences where Perry Mason goes to a brothel and it is like remarkably similar to the oh, structure of this. And s- and so I keep being like, shit, am I thinking of the scene in Perry Mason or the scene in Victor? Not that they're totally the same at all. No. Well, he's like, he's basically like, how long have, are you from China? Like, do you just age out and then new girls come in? It's a weird conversation that like right, doesn't right. seem to lean yeah. towards, hey, are there any new girls? Right. 
But I do love we get we move from there to the the kidnapping. This is very attraction in a theme park energy where it's like the perfect cutout circle uh-huh. that they come through in the roof is just like, oh man, that looks like you could reset it and do it twenty eight <laughs> times an hour, huh? It looks like the uh, <laughs> the 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 cutout that fell is gonna lift back up into the ceiling on wires. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so they kidnap her. There's actually a really great shot, and I, I'm I'm 99% sure how they did it, because as uh, Wang, his buddy, is in the car with his brother, they hear the, like, magic explosion, and they get out of the car and look up, and it's the building, and there's this, like, swirling green thing above it, and I'm fairly, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 99% sure that it is just green water with glitter suspended in it, because... Oh, it definitely could I be. I used to work at a Lush, and a lot of my job was just like putting bath bombs into giant into our giant sink, like farm sink we had in the middle of the store. And one of the concoctions uh-huh. I put together was literally this exact thing. It's just like interesting, pretty green glitter in like multi tones that swirls. And basically, they would, they would just shoot that and then like blend it out into the edge. But if you look at it again, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I think you're probably right, because my understanding is the original Star Trek transporter effect was done very similarly. Oh, yeah. It's like, and you can, like, I, I've seen, like, in the early days of digital filmmaking, like, uh, there was a low-budget film school YouTube thing, and they did an effect Indie where they Mobile. swirled glitter in an aquarium. Yeah, thank you, that's it, yeah. They uh, they swirled glitter in an aquarium and shot it real close, and then they were like, you can do this on your own, or here, just download our video file and you can use it. Like, it's 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 just glitter in an aquarium, it's nothing special. Mm-hmm. I, I love how often Jack Burton just gets his ass handed to him. I do like Which that. is really what makes this character great. And that's, that's what I'm afraid of with The Rock. Like, I don't think The Rock, because there's rumors, and I don't know how true they are, but there's rumors that a lot of the squabbles in those Fast and the Furious movies come from Vin Diesel, The Rock, and Jason Statham's characters not wanting to lose fights. And I just worry, and maybe I'm lumping The Rock in with those other two guys incorrectly, but, like, part of the charm of Jack Burton is he just gets the shit kicked out of him over and over again. Yeah. And then he keeps just coming up like he's the king. And I, I like, I, I don't see a world in which The Rock is believably getting his ass kicked over and over again because he looks like he ate three Jack Burtons for breakfast. You're right. And so this is... The man eats an ocean's worth of cod a week. <laughs> yeah. So when the, the element gods kidnap or grabbed the woman from from sex slavery i was like are they good guys right because, but it's she's being kidnapped to a different form of sex slavery. but here's the, the thing. thing if if the beginning of the movie had sprinkled in that like the only way to break the curse before the last petal fell was for he had to find a woman with green eyes and the fire in her soul because later he, when he finds out he already has a girl with green eyes mia yang and then he sees Kim Cattrall has green eyes. And he's like, I'll take you too. And I was like, hang on. It can just be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a buffet like, you, situation? You, could, you couldn't find a green eyed girl in Los Angeles in the last 200 years. You weren't looking. Yeah, exactly. Then you would plant these seeds because when, when Wang says, and she has green eyes, like smooth jade or whatever, your brain starts to click like, uh oh, here we go. Right, right, right. So Kim Cattrall takes them all back to her place to sort of regroup. She makes Russell a smoothie, which is weird. And they're like, oh, they Lopang uh, took her. Like, they're minions of Lopang. Somehow they know. My dude, his name is Lopan. You keep doing it wrong. Sorry, Lopan. 
We're going to get tweets. I don't know why I keep saying pang. I don't know either, but I'm telling you, low pan. It's like a pan that you have to pick up off the floor. It's a low pan. Somehow they like figure out that the element gods are minion or like work for low pan. And right. they're like, well, that's where they're taking her. And I was like, how do we know that? <laughs> I I do think it's not insane that they connected the dots from we saw Lopan in the street with these minions and the one of the gangs and now the three minions have arrived again. Well, they must be working. I'm with also him. confused because they say no one has ever seen Lopan. He's a recluse. So how did Wang identify him on the street immediately? Right. And also Victor Wong has apparently been battling him for centuries, it seems. So it's weird to me that he doesn't know what he looks like. So they have they kind of craft this plan real. It's a real slapdash plan from Kurt Russell, which, you know, tracks. Yeah. But he 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 basically like white mans his way past security at Lopan's headquarters, which is so Lopan is a human. As far as people know, and he like yes. owns a business, but then to some people, he's a mystical eight foot monster. So like, I needed to know when those two things meshed. Yeah, it, like it's like a beginning if, montage would have done gone far to explain that like <laughs> he <laughs> hidden plain sight as a businessman. Right, right. He Bruce Wayne himself. Yeah, yeah. That would that would that would do a lot for it. I think. So they like pretend to be, you know, uh, maintenance men and they sneak downstairs and they get in the elevator and it starts filling with water. And at this point, we have not seen Rain exhibit powers over water, which frankly, I don't think we ever actually see him do. Right. We see him make it rain a few times. Do we? My problem is like, it's very easy to master rain on command on film. Like we we've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Give me a few shots before now of rain summoning rain or like controlling water or anything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm totally into this. I think you're totally right. More cool shit in the movie is never a problem. Yeah. So they like somehow open because at first the, the elevator just stops and they're like, well, we got to climb up the shaft three stories. And then when it fills up with water, they decide to open the doors and get out. And I was like, well, no, you can swim up now. It's water. You can swim. So they did. They so they get they they get pulled out of the pool. We don't see them get pulled out of the pool. That's the other thing. It's smash cuts to them right. tied to chairs. And I was like, I what? And we learned that Lopan is a cursed man who is this like ancient like he looks like grandpa from Texas Chainsaw. Oh, he does have that vibe. Yeah, for sure. They put a lot of old old age makeup on. And uh, frankly, on, looks uh, pretty good. James Hong. Yeah, it does. It does. It's got this like bluish tint to it that probably like makes it look not natural, but this character has got such an odd vibe that it works. Mm -hmm. It feels very translucent. Like, you know, that like very old, old people, creepy, hangy skin that has translucence to it. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. James, James Hong, who plays Lopan, we should mention rules. Oh, he's in about 5,000 projects, uh, all, all of all sizes and types and whatever, but he is excellent in this movie. Gets a lot to do. Does a lot with it. Mm hmm. Um, everyone, all the other people get gassed in the elevator. Yeah. He, I also like, uh, the chair that they're tied in, the, the Kurt Russell's in the sort of wheelchair, Kurt Russell. It's a Victorian wheelchair, wheelchair out of Wicked. Right. <laughs> it's the wheelchair from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Two very different. Like, it looks like they were, wheelchair. <laughs> they were digging through the prop department and they were like, Hey, this, this hasn't been used since It's a Wonderful Life. Let's, let's pop them in here. 
Yeah. So they once again, he'd like the, uh, one of the element thunder, the elemental god. I don't like his haircut. It's too modern. It is. It is very. It does. But maybe it was also maybe it's modern because it wasn't because it was vintage. You know what I mean? Maybe. But like it when rain has a like very long ponytail and I don't and I think the other guy's yeah. bald. So like it feels very stylized. And then it's just like an 80s businessman hair. It, yeah. it stuck out a little bit to me. But Kurt jumps on his back and he like inhales and screeches and you hear like fabric ripping, but you don't see anything. And I was like, mm-hmm. has this been his power the whole time that he like inflates? We d- just don't see it ever. <laughs> He's Captain Fart. Yeah. He has complete control over his gaseous emissions. So Kurt falls into a, a the wheelchair and wheels down the ramp into Buffalo Bill's pit. Yeah. Uh, so more from the commentary. The way they did this was fake walls in the hallway. Like they painted the walls in the hallway. The floor is actually flat. Oh, that's really cool. And they painted the walls in the hallway to make it appear like it was a ramp. But the floor is actually flat. That's really trippy. Yeah. I'm like trying to picture and that in my head. Yeah, because there's like, there's some sort of texture or pattern on the walls that they basically just like cocked 45 degrees to make it look like a ramp. And so they they do the the wheelchair thing. And I didn't know this until the commentary, but uh, Dick Warlock, who played Michael Myers mm-hmm. in Halloween 2 and whatever, was Kurt Russell's personal stunt double for 25 years. Really? Yes, they worked together for two and a half decades through all sorts of stuff. When did, did that start after? Was that during his Halloween he, phase? It, it was during, I think it's like roughly 1980 to 2005-ish. Wow. Give or take. Wow. Because they were eight, they're relatively same in age, same kind of build. And so it's like, as, you know, he was healthy and able to do it. But the great thing in the commentary track is the two of them going like, oh, there's Dick. Nope, oh, that's me. Oh, that's Dick. Oh, that's me. Oh, <laughs> there's Dick again. Oh, that's me. And it's like. Anytime there's something even remotely physical, it's like, oh, there's Dick. Look at those arms. He looks great. We get a really great low pan puppet effect. Super it, good. It like glo- We've seen this before. Oh, you know what it was? I think we saw it in that fucking Ron Howard mess. Cocoon. Oh, the, the aliens do kind of glow. They glow I think it looks cooler here. Oh, it's amazing. Because it's like it, it's like a bulb that they fill with light, basically. Yeah, it's really Almost cool. like you might want to say light bulb trip. That's almost the <laughs> word you want there. Jesus. So they decide to do Kurt Russell's kind of do the video game thing where you like hang and like strife. Strife? No, strafe. Strafe. Sideways shimmying down a, a bridge. There's Dick. <laughs> oh, that's Dick. So they hand wavy to get the the now there's women in the gang haven't seen them before yes um so right. the brothers fight the women while kurt russell like squirrels his way up and let's sets the prisoners free wasn't really clear on why yeah. they were why there were prisoners at all because it's not like they all have green presumably eyes presumably the sex trade but this right. is but low pan's not in human trafficking as far as we know yeah i guess you're right it just seemed weird I, yeah yeah they don't explain it um so they all we also don't like we see the gang escaping and it like there are definitely more people that just sort of uber out of the movie while they swim through this tunnel yeah well no because they all get in the happiness hotel bus oh i guess you're right but so they're all like sneaking away and kim control so this 
statue's eyes like get pulled away and re- like creepy monster eyes come out. And I was like, oh, is that what Lopan's eyes Scooby-Doo. look like? It's it's Scooby-Doo's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, is that what Lopan's eyes look like? And then Kim Cattrall gets distracted, which seems stupid for her character. And then a furry monster arm grabs her. And I was like, hang on. Hold the goddamn yeah. phone. A what? <laughs> Where has this been? What is this thing? Yeah, it's an amazing monster, though. It is, but I don't get it. <laughs> I also we didn't we didn't touch on this, but like one of my favorite little sequences of the movie is where Kurt reunites with um, Dennis Dunn's character and Eddie Lee's character, and they Dennis the Dunn hands him a pistol. Yeah, yeah, he hands him a pistol, and Kurt's like swap, and he's like okay, and they Kurt takes the machine gun that he has on the poster for the movie, and Dennis Dunn now has the pistol, and then he turns to Eddie Lee and he just holds it out, and Eddie Lee holds the 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 bigger shotgun out to him, and they all swap guns. It's just like very I, I like that little to me. moment. There's been a reporter here that we didn't mention because she's kind of a useless nothing character. Yeah. And then uh, Victor Victor Wong, right, is the guy from Three Ninjas and Tremors. Yes, C- correct. James Hong is Lopan. Yeah. Victor Wong is like, hey, everyone, come with me to the Chinese version of the Ghostbusters Firehouse. Yeah. Which I wrote and then it's found out restaurant. literally that's what that is. It's the same set. Oh, is it yes. really? I wrote that. I didn't catch that. That's amazing. I, mean, I think I wrote that on IMDb, so grain of salt. But I wrote that note, yeah. and I was like, oh, that was the same set. That's why I, I thought that. That's delightful. So he has a, a fire pole that leads to, like, hell, or or the in-between, the upside down. It's weird. And they're cutting between them, like, kind of creeping through this, this, like, magic cave, and Lopan making his two of his minions the elements do a like runway for him of their martial arts abilities and i was right. like they have magic yeah. powers why are you wasting my time <laughs> with nunchucks and katanas when they have magic powers i assumed it was like you know how martial arts demonstrations are off off often almost like a dance performance yes I assumed it was like that. Like, this is just entertainment and not necessarily like, oh, these are my skills. Well, it was, but it was part of a ceremony. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was this very ceremonial, like, doing a set of moves sort but of thing. It wasn't necessarily. Gods. Yeah, but I think it's powers, like. Rain powers and hand wavy thunder powers. So, like. Sure, but every every superhero in every Marvel movie can do 27 different types of fist to fist combat. Well, the ones that need it, Captain America. No, needs all it. of them can do it. Scarlet Witch isn't doing ma- isn't doing hand to hand combat. She's magic in her little fingers. Doctor Strange isn't like isn't kicking and punching. He's doing hand swirls. He definitely kicks and punches. No, he does the hand swirls. The, the, yes, but there are times when he like does a kick or a punch to make his hand swirls work. He'll do like a duck a punch, throw a punch, push a guy through a portal. For sure, this happens it's in very this movie. I would bet a finger. But it's not. It's, yes, but I'm saying it is tied together with the magic. It's not like Captain America where it's like, I have to punch. That's my only thing. No, I get what you're saying, but they all do punches in that. Mm. Spider-Man's doing punches and he's got web powers. Tony Stark's doing punches and he's got an entire magical cadre of missiles and bullets and whatever. But the people who have actual whatever. magical, magical powers. Like, the whole point of Captain Marvel is... 
I don't need to fist fight because I have Captain magic. Marvel 100 percent she is throwing punches in that movie but like the crazy moral of Captain Marvel is I don't have to punch because I have magic that's the whole moral well if well if she doesn't have to punch she sure does a lot of fucking punching all of those movies are is punching do you not remember the end of that movie no, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying she does a lot of punching in the movie. And, right or and wrong? Then she learns she doesn't have to. Well, um, she does a lot of punching. That's all I'm saying. Um, and this is where we get the weird, the dummy lift. The two women hold on to the swords and they get flown into the sky and it's very obviously dummies. Yes. <laughs> it's, th- there's two, re- that one I love, like that flying effect. But my favorite fly effect of the whole movie is something that would probably be more at home in like a Hot Shots part. Duh. And it's where a lot of the action in the big final sequence that we're working our way toward was done with like trampolines and wires and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where Dennis Dunn goes flying in the air and he's fighting. I can't remember if it's which of the gods I it is, but they're having Wayne. a sword fight. But they're they're horizontal uh-huh. in the air, still sword fighting. <laughs> I did like that a lot. There's a, a one of my favorite props that I've ever seen in a movie: a big pile of dead fish that's clearly just a like a safety mat or like a slightly inflated safety yes. mat that's covered in a thing that looks like dead fish. Yes, because the way it moves, it's just all one unit. But I love it. It's like the blob. It is. Like the blob from heavyweights, not the blob yes. like the the monster. Uh, and this is where we see that cursed, you know, flesh blob full of eyeballs. That I, yes, any kind of an explanation. They're like anything he sees, Lopan sees, and I was like, but why does it look like that? I also. <laughs> We also glossed over a little bit, and I get why you glossed over it, but I do want to point out, there is a, like, spidery puppet. Or they, they're puppet. in, like, Goonies caves to get here. What do you mean it's not a puppet? I'm pretty sure it's CGI. It's definitely not CGI. It's 1986. It looks like animation. It didn't look like... It didn't look like a puppet to me. Oh. I thought it was a puppet. I, I'm uh, my, my note is puppet, so maybe I'm totally off base, but I thought it was a puppet. But there's, like, a great sequence in the Goonies cage, and this, like, caves from the Goonies, and this spider pops out and snatches one of their group which i thought was great mm-hmm. then we see later that the blob thing we also drink a magic potion which is great we did we glossed over the magic potion part which i like but just the uh what do we do drink it yeah and then glug 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 i mean sure sorry eyeball guardian the eyeball guardian we later see has a tongue and it's just like why yes. it's maximum disgusting and i like that kurt's inclination is like i'm just gonna shoot that so they there's a weird America toast when they drink the potion, which I didn't quite get. Oh, yeah. Like, that is kind of They go odd. to drink the potion. I didn't, potion, like, note it. But... And Dennis, Dennis Dunn, right? Yes. Goes for the troops and all they do, all they sacrifice for us. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that was, the, he was toasting the gang troops. I thought he said, like, the Navy or whatever. But I was like. Oh, I maybe like, he Kurt does. Russell I, has maybe never he does. once mentioned that he was in the, the military. So, like, right, I, that's not. Right. A, I don't get what we're doing here. We're building right now to a moment that I feel has been like brewing on the podcast for for centuries. So I just I'm going to set you up for the moment when Kurt looks looks at the feudal Japanese doors because I feel like this is something you've really <laughs> been dying for, to happen for for it's the seventh year of doing this show, and this is a moment you've been waiting for for that finally. Long. I get this like the perfect embodiment embodiment of thin as a feudal Japanese paper door because <laughs> Kurt just punches right through it. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's been a phrase of mine forever, and I finally I finally <laughs> see it. 
Yeah, it's, it's hollow. Okay, fuck it. Slash, slash, and it's the, no more. Now, so they're at the wedding. He's going to marry both women because th- we find out now at with 30 minutes left that, oh, part of the curse was that he has to marry the woman and then kill her. And I was like, this could have been mentioned at any point before now. Yes, yes. And and also, if that is the plan, why do you need two women? So that he can marry Miao Ying and then also oh, kill Oh, he gets the keeper. That's his plan now. He's like, oh, I have two women, so I can kill Got one it. and be fine. As a guy who's been around as long as he has, he should know that you can't do that. Like, the gods will not let you follow the spirit and not the letter of the law. They yeah. won't do it. They don't, or the letter, not the spirit. They won't do it. And then uh, Lopan goes, I have with me the needle of love and pulls out like a giant, a comically large hat pin. It looks like a fucking knitting needle. And I was like, what is that? That's not been mentioned before. I don't know what that yeah. is. And so he starts, he stabs uh, Miao Ying with the, the pin or the needle of love in the arm. And then he reaches into his cloak and sees that he is, his robes and he's, his arm is bleeding in the same spot. And I was like, okay, wait, hang on. Why? <laughs> Why? What's happening? Yeah. Is this to kill yeah. her? Because I'm confused. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Kurt knocks himself out with a gun, which is great. That's like my fa- my favorite. This sequence where it's like he he's like John waiting the group and, and he walks up to the archway and he shoots the archway over his head and knocks himself unconscious. It's just amazing. It feels very. Oh, actually, wait a minute. He, it feels very Star Lord energy from Guardians. Yes, yeah. Did they he play Star Lord. Yes, yeah. As I was that, saying, that is one hundred percent why that is. As I was saying, I was like, <laughs> oh wait a minute. There is a zero percent j- chance that James Gunn doesn't love John's Carpenter movies. Oh yeah, like a zero percent chance. So <laughs> the needle, because it was never explained, just starts happening. We keep cutting back to it in the midst of the battle, and he's poking all of her fingers like he's trying to test her her blood sugar for her diabetes. So all five of her fingers yes. are like bleeding. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very elaborate uh, plan he's got here. And it took me a minute to remember the potion because all of a sudden Wang is like flying around the root, like very crouching tiger hidden dragon style. Like the there's weightlessness to the jumps and the movement. And he's great with a sword. And I was like, is he like uh like a like an ans- his ancestor was part of the people who like something magic and then i was like oh i guess the potion but i don't we don't yeah. see that effect on anyone else the the potion is not giving you flying powers the potion lets you see what no one else can see they're like very deliberate about the potion because in a minute or two kurt russell explains to kim Cattrall, it's like i just drank a magic potion so i can see everything that's going on right now which is weird ha- very hand wavy and so uh we get a real like Schwartz moment or a Voldemort Harry Potter moment between Lopan yes, and yes. Egg because they shoot magic at each other. And I like this. I have not seen this before. As their two color beams hit each other, it like makes a big circle where we see two men fighting like their magic is personified. Yes. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I haven't seen that before. And they're they're both kind of doing puppeteering motions with their hands as if they're controlling the fighter avatars, mm-hmm. which I thought was really rad. My other legit laugh, that like big belly laugh, was the the whole sequence with Kurt's boot knife getting stuck. <laughs> it happens just before this. It's I, I'm trying to think. This is fr- like I've seen this this energy and stuff in something, and I can't remember what it is. But he like stabs a thing, and then it gets stuck on him, and so he's just stuck under a giant thing. 
Yes, it's delightfully silly. So they they chase uh, this, after the spirit fight. They end up chasing Lo Pan up this escalator that is just like an escalator in this room. Yeah. It's not even hidden. It's just an escalator. So Lo Pan goes up the escalator. Lightning. What? So from our perspective, lightning zaps the giant stone skull head, and it collapses on. Turns out it didn't. It just fell a few feet, so you can still duck under it, which yeah, is useless. Yeah. And then Egg yeah. uses a metal like hand fan, like he thwarps his way to victory against lightning, and it's great. Yeah, it's super good. Uh, Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall get in the elevator, and there's this like big sloppy kiss, and she has a really really vibrant lipstick on from the, uh, the uh, wedding the wedding ceremony. Thank you, and I love that. <laughs> The following sequence, they talk about this in the commentary, too, where it was like someone went to wipe off his face and John Carpenter's like, absolutely not. What are you doing? And they're like, he has lipstick all over his face. He's like, yeah, he does. Shoot. <laughs> like, shoot the Even scene. Has it on his teeth, which makes me feel like yes. they put it on him. Oh, they definitely did. Yes. So this is weird. They see Lopan holding um, Miao Ying with thunder. And they kind of like give yes. a look and Kim Cattrall sneaks behind these statues and picks up a spear as though Kurt's going to distract them and she's going to stab Lopan. Right. No, she's just going to hide back there holding the spear. I don't yes. know what we're doing. She she does like three different motions where you think, oh, now she's going to throw the spear. Nope. Oh, now she's going to throw or the spear. Or even not nope. throw it. Okay, just now stab she... with it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. Yes. So... This sequence with this great where it's like they the thunder throws the knife, Kurt catches it and then throws it it's back and hits thunder, him just square Lopan, in the forehead. Which is oh, low very pan. disappointing, right, right. I have to say. It's not the death I wanted for this character. Yes. And and the fact that he's like walking in like, well, how deep, pilgrim, with just <laughs> this huge lipstick on his teeth and everything. It's just so good. That's that's what I'm talking about. It's like the rock is not doing that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that is it is it is like that is what I'm saying. It's like Kurt Russell is cool, and so even when he looks like a doofus, he knows it doesn't matter because, like, underneath, like, everybody knows. But it's, like, you have to be the level of confident to know that that's going to work, and I don't think The Rock would do it. Like, I don't think he would play himself in this way. I agree. I think I think uh, Statham or Cena are better fits for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just... so. He goes to th- he throws his knife at Lopan and Lopan catches it and says like oh goodbye and throws it back at him and it's just very anticlimactic that he catches it and throws it right back and it hits him in the head and he's dead and I was like oh, yes that's the big bad yeah. that's the death of the big bad right it is I agree it is very anticlimactic and then the- I like the bit like everything starts to crumble and the, the, the statues around the room, the sort of like terracotta warrior type statues, they're not terracotta, but they're like falling like dominoes. And there's a great sequence. It's just a super close up on Kim Cattrall as she watches it. Like she's watching a ping pong match. It's like left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah. She does. I I do enjoy that little moment. So thunder kills himself, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It feels like I, it, I think if he acts just a little bit differently, like he's not in control of what's happening to him, it works way, way better. Yes. Um, but it's but lightning is very in control. So they're they're independent people. But for some reason, yeah, Thunder yeah. just decides to kill himself. And it's a it's a lot. It's a it's a practical, cool looking effect. But like, that's what you decided to put all your eggs into. That's where you wanted to spend your money. Right. 
Right. You'd think that this death would be the low pan yes. death, like the big effect shot for sure. Uh, the last 10 uh, minutes Kim of the Cattrall movie... Kim finally wipes the, t- the teeth off, which is nice. The last 10 minutes of the movie turn into Scooby-Doo, and I don't quite get it. Like from yeah, it's as very soon as, as soon as the knife Goonies go, too. As soon as the knife goes into Lopan's head, it's just like Looney Tunes, Goonies, Scooby Doo, very silly. This this magic rope crossbow is the dumbest. It's like what I get that it looks fun and silly, but but Victor Wong pulls it out and he like shoots this bow down and then he starts pulling the trigger and the rope is like a pulley system that goes in a circle and they just like one by one go up this thing and it's like. Just have him climb a rope. <laughs> like, this is so ridiculous. Or, I don't know, the magic we sh- you showed Victor Wong using in the beginning of your movie? Hey, yeah, can, sure, yeah. Only, Everybody get on that rock. I only levitate one of you at a time. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the practical rope crossbow. Like, objectively, I enjoy looking at it on the screen. It but makes just, no sense. In a movie where magic is real, you're like, what are we doing? Well, also... They're all like in a hallway and lightning is standing at the end of the hallway walking towards them. And he's pulling some punches for some reason because he could very easily oh, yeah. just like hold out his hand. Oop, oops, off ride. We we saw this guy ride a lightning bolt like a rope the earlier. Yes. And he's just like throwing. How about a lightning lasso? Yeah. But he's just throwing his hands all around. It's weird. And then they drop a statue on him like Scooby-Doo. Yes. Yeah, very Scooby. It might as well go bong. So they jump in the truck and drive away. And I was like, aren't there weren't there a bunch of other people with you? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, that's that must have been what I was confusing because it's like earlier there's the sequence where they escape through the water, mm-hmm. and they're all like, there's a nice rule of three where Kim Cattrall's like, where's so and so, and then that person pops up. Where's so and so, and then that person pops up. Where's Jack, and then they pop yeah. up. But. uh that that sequence they keep all the people but this sequence it seems like they lose some yeah they drive away uh happily ever after in the restaurant egg leaves and then uh wang is like here's triple the money i owe you here triple or nothing and and kurt takes it and i was like i don't like that feels a little feels a little yucky yeah yeah but i think it's because he doesn't he's he's a very blue collar brawler type dude he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of money like he needs it i know but like there's something about that that just feels a little yucky because it's the movie kind of feels yeah. like they're friends right right yeah it does but i i I, I, w- I agree with you like i wish he had taken double like no i only need the double that we agreed upon or whatever but here's, the, uh, here's my yeah, wedding I think gift. Just, oh or just like give the thousand back here's your wedding gift yeah, 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 that would be great. And I like this little sequence here with Kim Cattrall where she's like, so is there a room for two on that big rig of yours? And he's like, no. <laughs> I don't even think she's... Basically, they're, they kind of look at each other and it's like, he's like, well, you can come with me. And she's like, are you gonna... Is there a two-person... Is it a two-bedroom apartment? And he's like, no. And she's like, the no. Like, they both kind of come yeah. to that understanding. It doesn't feel like she's... yeah forcing it and then even the reporter is like aren't you gonna kiss her goodbye and he goes he i I don't know what he says in response it's no basically but he says something weird and i was like well i don't know what's happening anymore yeah yeah it's 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 refreshing though like we're always saying it's ridiculous the the people end up like they had a kiss under a very stressful situation which is a little bit different and then it's like oh no i don't actually want to do this i'm fine with a kiss but like the the whole like i know i won't kiss her goodbye i was like well i mean you can yeah you can do that that seems (laughs) 
Yeah. He says, I'll see you down the road or something like that. Yeah. And I didn't know what that was supposed to mean. So we hop back in the Pork Chop Express and he's proselytizing on the radio again. And we pull back and back and, oh, the monster's on the the back of the truck. Uh, The ending is a little unsatisfying. I will say that. Yeah. It's a little too much time between killing the big bad and getting to the end. Yeah. Which, again, you... They could have gone back to this framing device. Yeah, that would have closed up a little more neatly. Uh, the other thing that I think is is like a real cheap pop that they didn't go for. The, the woman who's the reporter is sort of asking what she should call her article. And I was really, really, I had been say so long since I seen it. it. I was really, yeah, say the title. Like, how about Big Trouble in Little China? And then I wanted someone to be like, well, it's not called Little China. It's Chinatown. What are you talking about? Yeah, that would have been great. That's the end of the movie. Uh, final thoughts? I enjoy it. I do have my problems. With, I think things could be a little more clear. Uh, I would love to watch with the commentary. That sounds a delight. It's it's really delightful. It makes me wonder if I should. I'm pretty sure I own all three of the movies we're doing this month. And I'm like, I didn't watch the whole commentary. I watched most of it and just didn't get a chance to finish it. I'm always wondering if it's like, oh, man, should I just listen to the commentary the whole time? I, like, or, or try to fit in two watches? I wish streaming services offered that. Yeah, like an extra yeah, it's thing. a bummer. There's very few. It, it's sort of the precursor to the podcast. Like in most cases, I think I would rather just like listen to it on a walk or something than be watching the movie, especially for a movie you're familiar with. Yeah. You don't super need it. Like I thought about doing that for that John Hughes Ferris Bueller commentary, just downloading it and listening to it, and you know, mm-hmm. as a podcast. But the uh, the one with the two of them, I've I've not watched all of the thing, but I've seen a lot of clips for it. And that one, I think they're drinking. I, like I'm pretty <laughs> sure you can hear the ice in the glasses. Um, but yeah, it's like I would pay so much money to get to hang out. Like I don't even need to be in the conversation. I just would like to watch the conversation of them watching the movie and shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. It's really delightful. Um, but I wholeheartedly recommend this. It's unfortunately not streaming anywhere right now, but I think the, the Blu-ray or DVD could be had for for very inexpensive price. Um, super fun. Super weird. Very fun. Super charming. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very like sort of campy, silly, goofy, but also very respectful. Like th- this, he, he also talks a lot about, not on the commentary necessarily, but I've seen interviews with Carpenter. We're talking about the score for this, where he's like, I know the studio wanted like a really gross derivative asian sounding score and i was like absolutely not like Mm -hmm. that's not what that's not what we're doing here there's also like not really maybe i'm misremembering one or two but i don't really remember much racist stuff in this which you kind of expect for the time no yeah i I think frankly the only thing that could really elevate it would be to have you know actual chinese people involved in the writing process because then maybe you could draw actual lore because I don't, I don't know right. that this Lopan character is something from Chinese mythology or lore. Yeah, I'm not sure. But like, that's frankly because it's it treats the Asian characters very well. Yeah, they get so much to do. They far outnumber the white characters. Um, so oh yeah, I think that's really the only thing. The, yeah, the I, only next step is like have it have you know you know Chinese people involved in the writing process. Right, and and. They made up their own thing, so they don't like that's not a that's not a thing to like necessarily knock what's yeah. depicted here as yeah it's like it just like they made up their own mythology and I'm sure you could have drawn on some other stuff that would have been cool but yeah I, it's just super fun this this is very much like the it seems like Carpenter 
doing a bunch of serious stuff and wanting to do something a little bit sillier, and it just works super duper well. well he always wanted to make a Western, apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to see, frankly. Like, get the band back together. Kurt Russell's just done a bunch of really dope Westerns. Bone Tomahawk rules. He's super great in that. I don't know that. Super I've great. Seen, I've, I've seen a few clips, and I don't know. It's brutal. I don't think, it's my, brutal. My, I, don't think I can handle that. <laughs> Yeah, it's brutal. It's really brutal. But he's amazing in it. He's awesome in Hateful Eight. Let's get Kurt Russell as the old sheriff or old gunfighter and let John Carpenter get involved. Like, I, I'm here for that. Let's do it, baby. Mm-hmm. He hasn't directed a movie in 11 years, so let's let's figure it out, baby. But yeah, a huge, huge recommendation here. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show. This has been the start of WrestleMania, which uh, continues uh, in two weeks as well as over on Patreon later this month. So if you want to hear our episode on The Thing, it's patreon.com slash in the 80s. At the $5 tier, you get a bonus episode four times a year. And uh, if enough of you sign up for that, you get another bonus commentary track uh, not too long from now. So we will be doing Escape from New York on March 22nd, so don't miss that. Don't forget to check us out. You can tweet at us. It's at Dissect the 80s. It's Dissecting the 80s on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you uh, in the form of an iTunes review, and that is something that we read on the air. If you do it anywhere else, you got to take a screenshot and send it to dissecting the 80s at gmail.com. And don't forget, in the month of March, call 856-DISSECT and leave a message. One movie per call. I hope I said that at the top. One movie per call. I don't remember if you did. I don't either, but that's okay. We will fix it in post. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.